Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my week number 10 quarterback start and sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we can go in-depth through every single matchup from Thursday Night Football all the way until Monday Night Football at the quarterback position, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure that you do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X. Please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week number 10 quarterback start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with Thursday Night Football, the Carolina Panthers at the Chicago Bears. Now, this game is more than likely going to end up being the return game for Justin Fields. Now, he did log a limited practice on Monday and Tuesday, so it is very important to follow the injury report all the way up until Thursday. If he does end up practicing in fall today on Wednesday, that is a very good indicator that he will suit up. Now, prior to his injury in week six, he had two great games in a row up against the Commanders and the Broncos in weeks four and five, which seemed like an eternity ago at this point in the season. I am not infatuated with starting fields this week due to the fact that he's coming off the injury and because he has been pretty up and down this season, but at the end of the day, if he does get the nod to start for the Bears, this matchup against the Panthers is juicy enough to roll the dice. Obviously, if he does play, I'm not going to be sitting here banging the drum aggressively, telling you that you need to start Justin Fields. But if you are in a bit of a pickle, like your name was Rick here, and you need to start Justin Fields, there are definitely some worse options than him on the week. If he is not good to go, then it will be Tyson Bajant season. Yet again, Bajant looked really solid last week, if I'm being honest with you. Despite the fact that he threw three picks, it was basically the quintessential famous Jameis Winston game where you throw a decent amount of yards, you throw two touchdowns, but you fuck it all up by throwing three picks. Even so, if he does start, there's really no way I'm going to play him this week against the Panthers. Bryce Young's going to be a sit for me. Everyone will continue to shit all over Bryce Young after how big of a game C.J. Stroud had up against the Bucks, But ultimately, if you're a Panthers fan, I would not panic yet on Young, right? We are just a blip into both of these guys' NFL careers. Now, maybe as and NFL fandom, we kind of overlooked C.J. Stroud, but, you know, it doesn't mean that Bryce Young is straight-up dookie, straight-up dog shit, right? And Young's been okay this season and may end up finishing as, like, the quarterback 18 this week, but even up against the Bears' defense, I would rather just leave him on the bench since I don't really believe his upside is very high, even in great matchups. Moving next to Germany, Guten Tag, the Indianapolis Colts at the New England Patriots. Now, I am going to keep things incredibly short and simple here for Mac Jones. Mac Jones simply, frankly, just isn't very good, and if he had a better supporting cast around him, maybe things would be going better, but with DeMario, Douglas, with Juju Smith-Schuster, Hunter Henry, Mike Kosicki, it simply just is not enough for Mac Jones to elevate himself into being a start-worthy fantasy football option. He has only had two good games this season, and even up against the Colts defense, that isn't the best to me. He is a clear must sit. Gardner Minshew for the Colts. I have talked about this in basically every single video this week, 
but these Germany and overseas games are normally a little bit fucked up. They always end up being a little bit Weird, and maybe in Germany, Mac Jones turns into prime fucking Tom Brady, but again, even with crazy shit happening in Germany, I don't really expect Mac Jones to do that. So, this means that Gardner is a fringe start. He should be good enough against the Patriots to not completely sink your team ship, right? But he probably won't be the reason as to why you win your week. If I knew for sure Justin Fields was going to play, Gardner Minshew would probably have been listed as a sit. He is like the last guy in, in terms of the starts. Next up, we move to the real Sunday slate, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Houston Texans at the Cincinnati Bengals. This game has the potential to be a huge shootout. Stroud had 470 yards and five touchdowns against the Bucks last week, which was a rookie record. But this will be a much tougher task for the rookie. The Bucks defense, they're not awful, but the Bengals defense has really came into form as of recently. So obviously, anyone with half of a fucking brain realizes that they shouldn't expect another 40-point performance this week, but if I was rubbing a crystal ball, seeing into the future like my name was That So Raven, I would certainly see a 18 plus point performance, 20 plus point performance in the realm of possibilities up against the Bengals. Stroud is definitely a guy that will have ranked inside the top 10 this week at quarterback, so you want to start him if that is the case. Now again, I'm not saying that this game is guaranteed to be a shootout because that Bengals defense is good, but there is a realm of possibilities where this is a tit-for-tat, rock'em, sock'em, robots matchup, high-scoring affair to where it's like fucking Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje, a straight-up battle in the UFC, just straight-up punches to the face where, hey, maybe Stroud finishes as the QB1 on the week yet again. Joe Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty is going to be a start as well. Top six quarterback in back-to-back weeks, coming out the bye and has looked far superior to his first six starts on the year. Early on in the season, I think that injury was really hampering him. He just did not look like himself. He looked like a shell of a quarterback that was really good for a majority of last season. Now, again, he's kind of stiff-armed that injury, like his name was Derrick Henry and the injury was Josh Norman, and he was the quarterback six last week with over 300 yards and two touchdowns up against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday Night Football. Now he's in a great matchup up against the Texans. It feels like Joe Shiesty is a very safe bet to finish as a top five quarterback this week with QB1 upside if this does become that tit-for-tat rock'em sock'em robots high scoring affair. Next up, we move to the New Orleans Saints at the cold like Minnesota Vikings. Now, I do not think Justin Jefferson will be back here, but once Justin Jefferson returns, I think that gives me even more confidence in Joshua Dobbs. Now, Dobbs showed up a few days before the game and basically tried to learn every single thing about the playbook on the plane to Minnesota from Arizona. He has, and he had to play with very little knowledge because Hall was the guy that was supposed to be the quarterback one on the team. Obviously, Hall ends up getting hurt, and then Joshua Dobbs proceeds to legitimately just ball the fuck out. Like, I did not see that coming at all. I know Baker did something similar last year, but 
to me, Joshua Dobbs, the allure around him started to kind of dwindle, and he just ignited that flame last week in that game against the Falcons. It was truly just a marvel to watch. I think everyone in the nation, I guess outside of Falcons fans that week, was rooting on Joshua Dobbs, especially since they beat down on such a shit coach in Mr. Arthur Smith. This man, to me, is just a straight-up anomaly. The man is a rocket scientist that plays quarterback in the National Football League. I doubt this game will be as sweet for Joshua Dobbs up against the Saints defense, but I do feel like he's a pretty safe bet to not completely bend you over table to completely rinse you and should finish as a top 18 quarterback. Derek Carr has finally started to, in my opinion, pass the eye test. Now, over the last four or five weeks, he has put up solid fantasy football numbers, but if you were one who was watching the games, you'd be like, okay, Carr might be luck boxing into these 300 plus yard performances, but there are a lot of balls that are just complete and utter fucking whiffs. There's a lot of decisions that are straight up boneheaded idiotic, and there's interceptions that just should not be interceptions, but they are because Derek Carr was a little bit stinky. Now, recently, he's taken a fucking shower, and he's looked good over the last two weeks, so I'll give him his credit on that as someone who has basically shit all over Derek Carr all season because, again, he never really passed the eye test. He had two great games against the Colts, and the Bears. With that said, those are two defenses that are, no bueno, they're not very good at all. This week, up against a Vikings defense that is scorching hot, Carr will be start-worthy, and if I had both Carr and Dobbs, I would certainly start Dobbs over him, if I'm being honest with you. This week feels like a quarterback 12 to 16-ish game, which again is start-worthy. He's not going to be the reason why you win your week. He's going to be solid just like Joshua Dobbs, but I just feel like Joshua Dobbs, the matchup is a little bit better against the Saints defense. Again, I know that the stats haven't necessarily caught up to the Vikings defense, but this Vikings defense has looked great. They're great, like Tony the fucking Tiger over the last couple of weeks. Next up, we got the Green Bay Packers at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and this one is very simple as well. Jordan Love, in terms of the eye test, Jordan Love went from passing it with flying colors at the start of the season to looking no bueno over the last three weeks. Now, I'm not going to be someone that closes the book on the idea of Jordan Love being a somewhat competent quarterback or even the franchise guy for the Packers. Now, I'm not sure how long the Packers have a leash on this guy. If, hey, if he doesn't start winning some games soon or if he doesn't start looking better, maybe they draft another guy who fucking knows. What I do know is I'm not ready to personally quit on Jordan Love despite his recent woes. And again, What Jordan Love's been doing recently is what most people expected him to do this season. The problem is that he came out the gates on fucking fire, NBA Jam-style dunking on teams. Uh, Now, when he's not playing as hot, it's like, oh, maybe Jordan Love has lost his luster. Now, again, even if Jordan Love is a competent quarterback like I kind of think, going up against the Steelers' defense is just not the time for him to really break out, start soaring and flying like his name was Troy Bolton and have a career game, right? So to me, it would be silly to risk it and start him up against a stout Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Kenny Pickett looked decent last week, but geez louise, I sound like a fucking old person. Even against a soft, shaman, ultra soft Packers defense, this man... This motherfucker has only one game this season with more than one touchdown. And that was a game with, it wasn't like, oh, he had three touchdowns. No, he had two. 
And until he performs at a higher clip, even in great matchups like this, even in matchups that would make my mouth salivate, right? I don't want to start him. He's riding the pine for me. Matt O'Canida going from the booth to the sideline. Things have been working better for Matt Canada, right? Not going up in that booth would have saved Abe Lincoln's life. It also might save Matt Canada's job. But Kenny Pickett at the end of the day just ain't cracking it. He just simply isn't. Next up, we move to the Lay Titans, the Tennessee Titans at the Tampa Bay Buck. Uh, nears. Now, Will Levis was on a heater against the Falcons. His first ever start, he goes out there and he's hitting the fucking dirty bird on the Falcons. He's fucking hitting the Mike Gesicki gritty. Man threw four touchdowns, no picks, right? He was on fire, scorching hot, but then he cooled down, right? He hopped, he did the ALS fucking ice bucket challenge. He was freezing cold against the Steelers. But again, we just kind of gave the Gawk Gawk 9000 special to the Steelers. And the Steelers defense, while they have had some down downer games in the season, they are one of the better defenses in the league. And they were able to pressure Will Levis a ton. And when they got in his face, he made some crucial mistakes. Now, he didn't really shit the bed. He didn't have even really that bad of a game. But he didn't throw a touchdown. So one pick. Just not great. But now he faces a defense that just got carved like the Thanksgiving turkey up against rookie C.J. Stroud. Now I understand Stroud, Levis, different stratospheres, right? But there is enough risk in Levis to rank him outside of, or really inside the top 12, right? There's a little bit of risk. Me loving the matchup is there. But hey, he's still Will Levis. We've seen two games in his NFL career, so I'm not ready to get down on my knees and just praise this man. But at the end of the day, I'll acknowledge the upsides there. I'm going to rank him outside top 12. But again, I'm hoping for a big week. And it is possible that this does end up being one of the higher scoring games of the week. Baker Mayfield is also a start. Baker, Baker, touchdown maker has looked great over the last three weeks of the season. He has thrown five touchdowns to just one interception. Last week against the Texans, he was very solid, but ultimately the defense just couldn't really hold things together enough to get the Bucks a W. The Titans pass defense is pretty bad, so this should be another solid game for big man Baker Mayfield. And I've been a Baker Mayfield stand for a long time, and I just love watching Baker Mayfield ball out. I don't think he's the actual answer for the Bucks going forward or I think he could be, but I don't think the Bucks will actually give him that. But I'm just happy to see Baker still in the league. I love me some Baker Mayfield. And again, great matchup for him up against the Led Titans. Next up, we move to game number seven, the San Francisco 49ers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you guys have enjoyed this far, make sure you guys hit that like button down below. And whether you are new to the channel, well, whether you are new to the channel or not, hit that like button. And if you are new to the channel, make sure you smash that subscribe button. Hit it with the one-two Mayweather. Smack it up like it owes you some money. So we got Big Cock Brack versus Trevor Lawrence. Touchdown, Jesus for Brock Purdy. Now, Brock Purdy has 100% struggled. Anyone that says he hasn't been on the struggle bus recently is straight up lying. Prior to the bye, no bueno. But that said, I think coming out the bye for Purdy, he is going to look way better. And to me, a main proponent of that is because Debo Samuel will be back. So we'll have Ayuk, Debo, McCaffrey, and George Kittle. 
In terms of matchup, this isn't a wet dream matchup. This also isn't the Saxonville Jaguars of the past, right? So this isn't like the toughest matchup ever. It's also not the easiest matchup ever. I expect him to be a top 10 quarterback this week. Again, I really do think the return of the Mac, the return of Debo Samuel will be a large reason as to why he does so. And again, this is another game that kind of has some underlying tones here of maybe being that tit-for-tat high-scoring affair like we've been talking about for a couple of these games. Trevor Lawrence, prior to the bye, really turned around his season as of recent. The 49ers defense is looking a little bit suspect. I've kind of talked about that all week. But since they're also coming out the bye, I expect them to at least look a little bit better. Chase Young Moolah, baby, is now there. So, you know, there's definitely a team, while the secondary is pretty... Definitely pretty suspect. The front seven, the guys coming after Trevor Lawrence are going to be coming hard. Pause. T-Law is a must-start quarterback weekly, though, and I think he should be just fine this week to finish inside the top 10. And if the Niners defense doesn't figure things out, like I assume they will, this will really be a potential huge game for Mr. Lawrence. Moving now to the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens, a AFC North rivalry matchup. We'll start with the away quarterback Deshaun Watson now Watson looked decent last week against the Cardinals defense but again there is a large difference between the Cardinals defense and the Ravens defense it's night and day the Ravens are up here the Cardinals are not even on the screen they're sitting on my fucking lap like my name was Santa Claus right they're that low that they don't even make it into this box I'm in like a mime okay but With that said, it's promising for Cooper. It's promising for the rest of the team that, hey, Watson looked decent. But against the Ravens, we all know what the fuck's going to happen here. Deshaun's going to get put in a certified blender. So good luck, pal, for Deshaun Watson. We are sitting him. Lamar Jackson, despite the Ravens, slam dunking on their opponents in back-to-back weeks. Lamar's been far from an ideal quarterback in either game due to both of those games just being a shellacking, a straight-up blowout. This week, hopefully the Browns offense is able to at least keep this one competitive enough for Lamar to score a few touchdowns. Now, I'm not panicking yet on Lamar, but I think since this team has been so effective at running the rock with Gus Bus, with these running backs, the three-headed backfield dragon... In the red zone, it is severely hurting Lamar weekly. Next up, we move to the Atlanta Falcons at the Arizona Cardinals. But before we break this game down again, make sure you guys hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. And I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe. And today, they have a great offer for you guys. But first, I want to explain how the Pick'em game works. Now, this is being recorded on Tuesday morning. So there aren't as many choices right now as we get deeper and deeper into the week. There are going to be more picks for you guys to choose from. So right now, looking at the Carolina at the Chicago Bears Thursday night football matchup, we are going to go with Chuba Hubbard higher than 45 and a half rushing yards. And we're going to have to match that with at least one more pick from a different team. Now, right now, there's only one pick out for the Chicago Bears. So we're going to scroll all the way until some of the Sunday games. And we are going to go with higher than 246 and a half passing yards. I think CJ Stroud is going to have a solid game yet again up against the Bengals. If both of these picks hit, we will receive three times our entry fee. So if you put in a thousand, you'll get out 
3,000. Obviously, you don't have to put in that much. You can put in as little as or as much as you choose up to the maximum for me is $1,000. Now, if you want to do three picks, it's six times your entry fee. Four picks is 10 times. And five picks that they all hit is 20 times your entry fee. Now, if you live in one of the states listed on your screen right now and are new to Underdog and use promo code NOTORIOUS or click on the link in the video description, you'll receive a first match deposit bonus of up to $500. If you deposit $500, they give an additional $500. If you do $100, it's additional $100. $50, additional $50. $25, additional $25. The minimum deposit on Underdog is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, we got the return game for Kyler Murray, and I, for one, am very excited to see how Kyler looks this week against the Falcons. I think if Kyler had already played a couple of weeks, for instance, maybe he came back, I don't remember when their bye week was or if they've even had their bye week yet, right? The Cardinals are like, just like the shittiest team in the NFL, so who really gives half a rat's ass about them? But, you know, if Kyler came back, for instance, week eight, he played week eight, week nine, Looking decent, you know, I'd probably rank Kyler inside the top eight this week, but not knowing truly how healthy he is, and with his rushing upside likely being limited from the injury that he sustained last season, he is going to be ranked around the quarterback 12 range. The risk is very evidently there, right? No one's going to say that Kyler Murray is like wrapping a fucking Trojan around your team, right? This super safe pick, but... With how good Kyler Murray has been in his NFL career, I am willing to take that risk. Taylor Heineke looked good last week against the cold-like Minnesota Vikings with 250 yards with a touchdown and an INT. With that said, though, with how dense Arthur Smith is, I simply cannot and will not trust Heineke even in a wet dream matchup against the Cardinals, and I'm not even sure how strong of a stranglehold that Heineke has on this job. Like, what if Heineke goes out there? I know it's probably not going to happen. It's the Cardinals. What if he throws two picks off the rip? Could Ritter easily come back into the game? I think so. So knowing that the leash probably isn't that long on Heineke and they could easily tug him out Deshaun Watson style and throw in Taylor and throw in Desmond Ritter means that I just don't really want anything to do with Heineke even in this great matchup. I, for one, and if you are a Bijan owner, a Drake London owner, a Kyle Pitts owner, you need to hope that the Arizona Cardinals, even if you're a Falcons fan, you probably want Arthur Smith gone. You want this game to be Kyler Murray comes out and looks like old Kyler Murray of the past. He's running, he's passing, and he just absolutely skull fucks the Atlanta Falcons into so much misery. I don't know how Arthur Smith still has a job after losing to Josh Dobbs on four days, three days notice. If he loses this game to the legitimate bottom of the barrel team in the NFL, one of at least, he, they have to fire him. I don't know how he still has a job to me. It legitimately makes zero sense. I know I ranted about it in the running back starts it videos. So you're probably like, Nick, I've already heard these points before. Fuck you. You know, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, I don't, I, I just don't get it. I, I just can't comprehend it. And I'm hoping that the Cardinals lay a smackdown, brother, here, fucking Hulk Hogan style, so that we don't get any more. Arthur Smith. Next up, we move to the Lions at the Chargers, a much more interesting matchup. This one could be really fun. Jared Goff, prior to the bye week, the Goffinator cooled down against the Raiders and the Ravens. This week, they face a bad, like the fucking Michael Jackson song, 
Chargers defense, and I think Goff will be back to looking mostly fine. He is definitely in the must-start category this week for me, despite his recent woes. Again, I get, Nick, the Chargers defense looked great against the Jets last week. Well, that's because the Jets offense sucks cock to high heaven. So don't you dare try and use that argument, because the, the, Lions, the, the Lions offense is not the Jets offense. Justin Herbert, the pervert, looked like straight-up ass against the Jets last week on Monday Night Football. Just 136 yards and a touchdown. If the Jets didn't completely shoot themselves in the foot last week, they probably could have won that game, even with Zach Wilson looking like he needs to go play in the CFL. Though, even with the Lions defense being looked good, looking good at ru- rushing the passer, I don't know why the fuck I just had a goddamn stroke right there trying to read that, I think Herbert should have a much better game this week. Outside of the two games where he's been pretty bad, he's been very consistent all season long, so I wouldn't panic about a bad game up against the better one of the better defense in the NFL, but, and this is a big but, shout out to Kim Kardashian, I still think even if Herbert has a good fantasy day, we are going to, you're going to watch the game, you're going to see some passes that he throws. Where it's like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, this guy's wide open. Like, with Keenan Allen on Monday Night Football. Keenan Allen is wide open. There is no one in the, on the same planet as him. They're not even on the same field. And the guy throws the ball like there's quadruple coverage. It, it just really made no sense. Next up, we got the G-Men going up against the Dallas Cowboys. A rematch from just, just a very competitive Week 1 matchup. We got Tommy DeVito versus Dakota Dickie Dak Prescott. Now, Dak Prescott has recently caught fire like the Hunger Games book over the last three weeks as a top three quarterback in all of those games. This man looked downright surgical against the Eagles defense, throwing for over 370 passing yards with three touchdowns and a grand total of zero interceptions. Last time out against the Giants, Dak only scored six points. Now, that's because the defense... Special teams, everyone showed up, and Dak just didn't have to do anything except for hand the ball off. I think that game was 40-0 to or something like that. It was a straight-up clowning of the Giants. I thought at that point, okay, it's the week one woes for the Giants in reality. Now the Giants are even more dead in the water than they were after that game. Which, to be honest with you, is a worry of mine that the Cowboys will just blow the back out of the Giants and Dak won't have to throw much in this game. With that said, though, I don't want to just completely overthink things here, right? I don't want to put my tinfoil hat on here and say it's a guarantee that the Cowboys defense gets fucking six pick sixes in this game, right? I'm rocking with Dak as a top five quarterback this week against the Giants in Jerry's world. Tommy DeVito, the Italian Stallion, should be the starter this week without Daniel Jones and Terod Taylor. DeVito actually didn't look that bad last week despite the interceptions against the Raiders, but at the end of the day, this is another case of, hey, the Raiders defense is kind of eh. The Cowboys defense is one of the best in the NFL, so DeVito might throw like 12 interceptions in this game. Next up, we move to the Washington Commanders. Left hands up. Who are we? The Commanders at the Seattle Seahawks. Sam Howell versus Geno Smith. Howell has been a top 10 quarterback in back-to-back weeks. Not a great matchup here up against the Seahawks. But again, we just saw the Ravens kind of spit roast them last week. Howell has looked pretty solid all season long outside of two not just bad games, really, like, catastrophically bad games. This is a game where I'm not as excited to fire up Howell, but I would be a little bit perplexed if this was one of those, like, straight-up disastrous games. So, again, while I'm not 
uber confident this week because, again, the Seahawks defense is pretty good. I'm still going to have to rank them inside the top 12. Again, this offense has just looked good. Dotson, McLaurin, shit's looking good here in Washington. Geno Smith in a vacuum. If you said, hey, I have Smith and Howell on the same team, I'm starting Howell over Geno Smith every single fucking time and twice on Sunday. I get that Geno has the way better matchup. I get the commander's defense fucking sold Sweat and Young, their two best defensive players, arguably. But even so, man, I worry about Geno. This man has been on the struggle bus all season long, and he looks like a shell, a beaten down version of what we saw at the start of last, through the whole season, really. I mean, he just doesn't look like himself. He was a straight-up bum last week against the Ravens. But, if I'm being honest, this, this really sucks. Because, even though the matchup is so great, and this is such a soft-serve, easy matchup, I don't even think I can rank him inside the top 12, because he's only had one game inside the top 12 all season. He has JSN, he has Metcalf, he has Lockett, and he still can't put it all together. And they're paying him all the big bucks. Good for Geno, but not great for the Seahawks. Now we move to Sunday night football. Great matchup. Zach Wilson versus Aiden O'Connell. Jets at the Las Vegas Raiders. Zach Wilson has a decent matchup for the MILF Hunter, but at the end of the day, even in great matchups, this man cannot perform. He's in need of a Viagra, Cialis. He needs to take fucking both in order to get it up. Not a single top 12 performance on the year. And last week against the Chargers, a defense that normally looks straight up limp dick, made him look like the 85 Bears. I get, Nick, the Jets' offensive line is terrible. I agree. But come on, Zach. So, even if the Raiders' defense isn't the best... There is no way I can argue, I can tell you to play Zach Wilson. Aiden O'Connell is way more exciting than porn star Jimmy Garoppolo. With that said, even if I enjoy watching the Raiders way more with AOC under center, against the Jets defense, the rookie mistakes are going to ramp up here. And uh, he is a clear sit. Final game here. Monday Night Football, Denver Broncos at the no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited. Russell Wilson has been just decent this season. Not as much of a dumpster fire as last season, but not great enough to where it's like, oh, that's the Russell Wilson from the Seahawks, right? This is like, you know, a watered-down version of that. And a solid matchup against the Bills, though. I figure he finishes anywhere from quarterback 13 to 18, making him a start-worthy quarterback. Now, he hasn't cracked the top 10 since week four, so maybe this is the game that he ends up doing it. But again, I don't want to just get way too high on Russell Wilson. Because let's be honest with you, he hasn't been the best. Josh Allen, three straight weeks as a top four quarterback, despite the wild roller coaster ride of a Bills season, and Josh throwing a pick in five straight games. His fantasy production has been great, though. This matchup against the Broncos is one of the best matchups on the week for a quarterback. So even if the Bills somehow fuck around and somehow lose this game, because, like, this is going to end up being a close game. I can tell you that right now. Now, realistically, the Bills should be dancing on, doing the Irish jig on the fucking grave of the Broncos, but they probably won't. This will probably end up being, for some reason, a very close game, even though the Bills should be able to shut the door on the Broncos. Even if that does happen, though, I still think Allen will very much end up as a top five quarterback, currently a top three quarterback on the season. And again, I, I like his odds this week. May the odds be ever in his favor. 
up against the Denver Broncos. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't up enjoying, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And again, thank you guys all so much for 30,000 subscribers. It means the world to me. I love you guys more than anything. And genuinely, without you guys, the whole ship sinks. So if you're, you're new, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. Again, I really appreciate all you guys. Check out one of the videos on your screen if you haven't seen them already. I love you guys all. Have a great one. And as always, good boy!